Imagine's Coaling Studio is where efficiency meets creativity. Our new integrated solution brings together our next level coaling algorithm along with in-app reviewing and AI editing in a single intuitive platform. Tailored for photographers who value both speed and personalized quality results, Imagine strives to enhance every aspect of your post-production process. Open the Imagine app and give the new Coaling Studio a try today. Obviously, we have lighting equipment for that. But talking about location-based shooting, I really use a three-foot Profoto Octobox and a grid that attaches to it. And then I use the grids that go on the normal A2. So think like either a Magma grid or if you're using Profoto, the little click grids. Those are really the only tools that I use. And, and sometimes a reflector as well, a hard reflector to increase the output of the light. But those are really the only things that I use to control the light. Grids are obviously going to be the biggest thing, but then you, can, you have tools like feathering the light, stuff like that in order to control where it goes. Workflows is a podcast about saving you time and money in your photography business. I'm your host, Scott Wyden-Kifowitz, a photographer and content creator who struggles with dyslexia, colorblindness, introversion, and anxiety stemming from years of being bullied as a child. Guess what? Workflows have been my rock. I have workflows for every aspect of my life. That's why I am so happy to bring you Workflows, a podcast presented by Imagine. As a company dedicated to saving you time and money in your photography business, it makes sense to enhance and expand the conversation to all things Workflows. Tune in and subscribe to hear stories, strategies, and tools that can be your rock. Hear from people just like you. Get to work with Workflows. Michael Anthony Photography is a Los Angeles-based wedding photography studio that was started in 2011 by Michael and his wife, Jennifer. Their work is best known for its colorful, contemporary, cinematic style of portraiture. Michael Anthony is a very well-known photographer all around the world, teaching lighting and, and posing and portraits and even editing and variety of different business topics. And I'm very excited to wrap up season two with Michael Anthony. So let's just get right into it, shall we? I am wrapping up season two. We're wrapping up season two. That is crazy to think, but we're wrapping up season two with Michael Anthony. What's up? <laughs> How you doing? I am doing well. I just got back from my kids' elementary school. Both of my kids are now in the same school, which is great. And they had what we, what our school, what their school, not my school, but what their school calls a turkey trot. It's basically a, a fun run for all the kids to do. It's also a PTO fundraising activity as well. And the kids are supposed to run a half mile. It's one loop around this obstacle course. And parents are allowed to do it with their kids. And of course, both my kids wanted me to do it with them. So this morning, uh, my daughter decided to do two laps. So I ran a mile with her. And then 10 minutes, I had a 10 minute break before my son's class came out and he wanted to do four laps. <laughs> I could only last, I mean, after doing a mile with my daughter, and this is up and down hills, mind you, after doing a mile with my daughter, I could only last for three laps with my son. I was done. So I did two and a Dude, half I can miles. only imagine. Oy, um, yeah, I'm not much of a runner. Yeah. 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 Oh man. My, 
I, I've got a knee brace to wear if I have to run. Like I, <laughs> I, feel, I feel old when I do it. <laughs> I'm, I'm right there with you. I need, I need braces on every joint whenever I exercise. It's the only way I could get through it. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So I am like physically not a hard. So I do karate classes as well. And last night I did a karate, a hard karate class. So like I am just beat today. My my whole body is just. I'm done for the day. <laughs> That's cool. So what level belt are you in karate? Um, yeah, so I train in uh, Goju-ryu, which is a traditional a traditional form of karate. And I am a brown belt with one stripe. I have one more stripe to go, and then I can test for black. That's awesome. Congratulations. Thank That's you. no easy feat. I know that. I don't, I don't know much about karate, but I know <laughs> in martial arts. But I know that, that it takes a long time to get to that level. Yeah, yeah. You know what? Um, as much as like we as photographers were impacted from the pandemic with our businesses in various ways... Um, my karate training got impacted three times during my f- six five, six years, pandemic, screw that up too, of getting my black belt. I could have done it in three if I, you know, if I would trained as, as hard as I was, but like I had a, an emergency appendectomy when the pandemic started. So oh my even though um, uh, everything went virtual and we did everything through Zooms and stuff, I had to take was six weeks off for that, and then, and and then the pandemic itself. So that you know puts you back itself, right? So there's two years gone of like I can't train hard with other people, and then the appendect the surgeon who did my appendectomy left me with a an incisional hernia. So I had just got that fixed a few months ago, and I was out for another six weeks. So. Uh, <laughs> surgery's not fun for sure yeah wow, i'm glad you're okay yeah yeah thanks yeah but yeah so so you know it's it, training and 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 doing I, I i talk about this often as often as i can but like all what i have to go through and what i have to mentally prepare myself it helps me with everything else in life and it helps me with work and it, it helps me with you know doing all the photography stuff and helps me run two and a half miles with my kids <laughs> So with that, let's, let's, let's dive into the, to the, to the first question I have for you, which is what is one thing that you do during the photographic process behind the camera that has saved you time? Yeah. So I'm always considering what the final product is. I think that that's the most important thing. I, I started outsourcing my editing at an early age, early part of my career, not an early, the early part of my career, right? So I knew back when I was doing that, that I wasn't going to have time to go through and make a ton of local adjustments on all of the images. So I really got into understanding light and how it affects my images. And I started trying to get that final look in camera. So that's how I started using off-camera lighting. That's how I started, you know, using more dramatic lighting in my images. And, and by doing that, I was able to rely a little bit less on things like the you know adjustment brushes and the gradients and stuff like that. And it helps save me time in the final edit because I can get to that final product without having to do all those local adjustments, which is what I think takes up the most amount of time in the editing process. Mm-hmm. So that's, yeah, yeah. I, I, I am not a big fan of doing too many local adjustments myself. It's interesting. I, I, was, I was helping a friend at one of his workshops and he talked about and demonstrated how how many gradials he uses when he does his editing. Yeah. And like we know once you once you do that, Lightroom's like performance goes from here to here <laughs> drops, right? Yeah, it takes a lot longer yeah. to do that final product. Yeah. And the interesting thing is though, like I tried it because I was curious how it, 
and it does make a huge impact, but at the same time, it, it, you know, it definitely can slow things down. So I, I think like if I know that I want to take time with a, with a specific portrait to add in all these like sort of dodging and burning, I would want to try to get it in camera so I don't have to do it in post. Right. Absolutely. And there's definitely ways to do it. Yeah. You can do it using your lighting, you know, your composition, even there's a lot of ways you can do it without having to rely on, on those tools. And, you know, don't get me wrong. There are definitely cases, especially when you're photographing weddings and you don't have control over everything where, where those tools are warranted. But when I'm photographing portraits and when I have control over the situation, I try to do everything I can do in camera, even like cropping and stuff like that. I try to try to do it in camera just because um, you know, that editing process and like, you know, I, I hate to say it, but this is a business first, right? It's, mm -hmm. it's not our first, right? I have to make sure that, you know, we're able to uh, get our product out the door to our clients in a reasonable amount of time. And if we're doing those things, it's taking too much time on the editing process. We're actually doing a disservice to our clients, right? So I want to make sure that our business is operating efficiently. And, and another thing about local edits, a lot of times those things are subjective, right? Mm -hmm. So it's not something you can necessarily train an editor to do and get it to look the way that you would want it to look. So I try to avoid those things in the process of, you know, creating the final gallery for our clients. Mm -hmm. In fact, we, we don't use any of those things in, in the final deliverables, only in things like our signature edits, which is a product we do for the wall art for our clients. Do we get into Photoshop and do uh, a lot of heavy editing on those images, but the general gallery, we don't do any uh, local adjustments. Awesome. Awesome. Wow. Wow. I was going to ask you something. I totally forgot what it was. Oh, if you were to do something like trying to do, let's say, let's say a dodging and burning, right? With lighting. Are you a gobo, like the black screen type of person? Or are you a, let me take the umbrella and just flip it, flip it. Like what, what's your, what would be your method to, to do something like, like controlling the light spill and, and, and whatnot? Yeah. So I really use the two tools on, on a given shoot. And I'm going to call it a wedding because that's the majority of what I shoot. I mean, I right. do a lot of portraits in the studio. Obviously, we have lighting equipment for that. But talking about location-based shooting, I really use a three-foot pro photo octobox and a grid that attaches to it. And then I use the grids that go on the normal A2. So think like either a magma grid or if you're using pro photo, the little click grids. Those are really the only tools that I use. And, and sometimes a reflector as well, a hard reflector to increase the output of the light. But those are really the only things that I use to control the light. Grids are obviously going to be the biggest thing, but then you can, you have tools like feathering the light, stuff like mm -hmm. that in order to control where it goes. But, you know, just try to keep it simple because, you know, obviously we're carrying this equipment around with us and you, <laughs> yeah. you know, I don't want to carry your wagon around yeah. every shoot that I go to. I just don't like carrying a lot of equipment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't blame you. I don't blame you. All right. So, so now let's, let's move into the business side of things and eventually we're going to get to imagine. So you don't have to talk about imagine with this question, but what is one thing that you do for the business that saves you either time or money? I definitely have to talk about imagine because that's going to be the, we'll get to it. 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 Save your time or money. You know, I, I try to limit the amount of things that, that I'm doing in my own business that are taking time away from the marketing, mm -hmm. right? So editing is obviously going to be the big one. Yep. That's the thing that everybody is going to, is going to spend the majority of, of time on. But, you know, as far as like time or money goes, I try to, again, outsource tools that are outsource things that in my own uh, workflow that I don't like doing. So again, a good, a good example of that would be editing. I've even developed processes for training our associate photographers and recruiting them. That takes a lot of time. Timelines, another thing, uh, as a wedding photographer, that takes a ton of time 
doing timelines. Mm-hmm. It's another thing that I've, I've outsourced as well. So, you know, in my own business, I believe in utilizing a team of people in order to, in order to make sure that, you know, we are operating as most efficient in the things that we're the best at. And for me, things that we like doing, should I say. And for me, that's marketing in my own business. Are you outsourcing album creation? Yeah. Yeah. So our album designs are outsourced and, and obviously we don't do the printing ourselves. So you know, that, that's outsourced while we order those from a lab. Awesome. And, and sending to gallery, is that something that you're doing as, as the business owner, or is that something you're also delegating to actually somebody to, to organize and, and get the gallery, you know, on your, on whatever gallery platform you're using and off to the, to the client? Yeah, so we have a, a full-time studio manager and uh, every client, after we do the wedding, they come in for what we call a reveal session where they see the photos. It's really an IPS session. They go through it to decide on any album upgrades, any wall art, any editing upgrades. And then once all that's finished, then my studio manager who did the sales session, really a salesperson, mm-hmm. they upload the gallery and send it to the client. Cool. Now I have to bring this up because, and you and I were just talking right before we started recording, um, I, you know, this, the question I just asked you is, is um, something that has saved you time and, 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 and money, really, right? But l- I want to bring up something where you're making money even on, in times where you physically or mentally can't work, right? So you recently lost your dog of many, many years, right? Which to anybody who has ever owned a pet, that's you know, you you understand that that situation, and you took a week off, right, from shooting. Yeah. Um. But you you still made money in your business because you had certain things in place. Can you talk about that briefly? Yeah. Yeah. So you know, I'm what my wife likes to describe as a workaholic. I don't really take <laughs> many days off in my business, and it's because you know I love doing this, right? Mm-hmm. And I think anybody can, who's a photographer. Can, can relate to that. Some people would say it is a good idea to take time away from the business. And I do agree to some extent. I just, you know, I work a lot, but <laughs> lost my dog last week. Like you, like you had mentioned, my best friend, honestly, like a child to me, we don't have kids. So my, my pets are like my kids. And when I woke up the next day, honestly devastated, it was very hard to go to work. And, and I don't, I don't have, I, I've never had like grief like that. I've, I've, you know, never experienced loss like that. So it was very difficult for me to go to work, but thankfully we have a really good team. So my, my office manager, she's my salesperson. She's been working with us for nine years. A while back, showed her how to do portrait sessions because that's the majority of what our, you know, our day-to-day is, is going to be photographing portraits in the studio. Showed her how to do those, trained her on how to do them. Also boudoir sessions because we do that as well too. She was able to pick up those studio sessions. And then we also have, you know, associate photographers. Obviously there were a couple of weddings last week. I did, I did go and photograph those, the ones that I was contracted for, but, you know, even going back, uh, you know, years back, we developed a team of photographers in order to, uh, you know, create more business opportunities for our business. And, and we've had, have a really good team. They've been together with us for, you know, I think our newest photographer and lead photographer has been with us for like five years. So, you know, they're able to, to step up and take on some of these shoots. In fact, they're doing the majority of them these days as far as weddings go. And I'm working a little bit more in the studio. So, you know, as far as like lifestyle goes and work-life balance, for me, it's a little bit better if I'm photographing less on the wedding side and more in the studio. And, and that's kind of the, the business we've manifested and we're still working toward, but, but it seems to be where we're headed. Yeah. I, I think the idea of, of not, not necessarily outsourcing the, the, the job because they work for you, but, but, 
um, delegating and and taking taking some of that responsibility off your plate, especially at times where you just you you mentally had to take that break, right? So being able to to take the pressure off you and give it to somebody who you trust, I think is something that a lot of photographers should be considering. But I think it was smart that you also recognized that you could cross train your your studio manager to actually shoot the portrait sessions in the studio. <laughs> and and I think that was it's really good that you recognize that that she it was a she you said? Yeah. So that that so that, so that she could handle it, do the job and do it well to the point where you're you're satisfied with the work, right? So, you know, huge kudos for recognizing that and for giving her the opportunity to to do it. That's it's huge, right? I think a lot of photographers worry about the creative process a little too much, right? And we we tend to get involved in it and we want to have control over all of that. And that's good. And I think you should to an extent because you're technically the creative director, mm -hmm. right? So even if you're having people photograph for you, you obviously want to have a you know a close eye on what they're doing yeah. and, a, and a good hand in their training. But I think it's important to note that as a business owner, if we try to do everything ourselves, at some point that avalanche is going to come down on us, right? There's just too many things that, that, it, that go into running a business that can really affect, you know, our, our mental stability and, and even just our ability to, to run the business, right? So handing things off, you know, so I got some good advice a long time ago, and that's, you know, make a list of all the things in your business that have to be done, whether it's bookkeeping, whether it's, you know, even something as simple as like cleaning the studio, right? And cross off the things that you just hate doing in your business, right? Those should be the first things that you look to outsource. And the things that you love doing marketing, shooting, things like that, those should be the last things that you outsource, if at all. And, and it really kind of opened my eyes on how to structure that. And, and as we started you know, growing in our business, I started learning the things that we needed to outsource in order to free up more opportunity in our business for you know, business opportunities. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Definitely like, you know, sounds like it worked out well. And it's, it's hopefully you never have to, never have to do it again, but you, at least you know you've got that um, system in place for, yes. you know, if and when you needed to do something like that again. So let's move into into editing. And again, not imagine. <laughs> what is one thing that you do for editing? This could be pre-imagined. This could be post-imagined, but still, you know, something you do that, that saves you time. Some, something that you do for editing that saves you time. You know, removing myself from the process, that was the, the most important. Again, yeah. going back to us yeah. as creatives, being a creative director, we look at our work and we are the most critical of it, right? Mm -hmm. So we're going to look at our work and we're going to, you know, hyper analyze every little detail. And, and in doing that, we're taking a lot of time. So let me give you a good example, right? Mm -hmm. I try not to cull my own work if I don't have to. I try to let, you know, allow, uh, allow, um, some of the people we're outsourcing to, some of our team members to be able to call my work because otherwise it takes me a really long time to do it. Uh, my wife, for instance, she shoots boudoir and whenever I'm calling uh, her job or whenever our team is calling her job, we've made it so that she's not in the room because otherwise <laughs> she'll sit there and she'll hyperanalyze everything. <laughs> and it becomes a part where, um, where it takes us too much time to come back and forth selecting this image or that mm -hmm. image, right? So by removing us from that process of, of doing our own work, it actually allows us to, to get to that end product a lot sooner and also be more consistent in what we're providing to our clients as well. And, and I think that that's really important. So 
you know, bringing that back to Imagine, you know, like I said, we had already outsourced our work for many, many years. Imagine just kind of took out some of the time and the process and a lot of the cost in doing that for us and made things yeah. a little bit easier. Yeah, the, there's there's two things I want to uh, I want to address that of what you just brought up. One uh, regarding Imagine, and you talked about being so um, emotionally, deeply like you know invested in, in that in the call or the edit is that when you go to an AI, right? It's it's pure science, right? It figures out it figures out you. It figures you out. Um, however you want to phrase it, but it removes the emotion from it. If you're having a bad day, the editor's going to look the way that you edit, no matter what. If you're having a good day, the editors are still going to look the way that you would normally edit. There's no, there's no emotion. It's pure science. The other thing is, I'm curious. I've never asked anybody this, but being the fact that you do portraits, you do boudoir in your studio, and you also do weddings, do you find when you do the call or when your wife does the call, do you find that you are more sensitive to the call and or the edit? Let's go both ways. When you do it manually on a boudoir session versus a wedding or a portrait, because the fact that I would, I'm, a, I'm guessing, and I could be wrong, but I would say a good half or more percentage of the boudoir subjects are probably more sensitive about their bodies than, let's say, at a wedding or a other portrait session. So you're feeling, yeah, you know, I'd feeling have them, that. you know what I mean? I'd have to ask her about that, but I imagine a hundred percent that that you know she she does take a little more consideration about that. Jen's very good at knowing how to make people look great and how to make them you know love themselves, right? So I imagine that that might be why she takes a little bit more time. For instance, like culling a wedding manually for me, it takes maybe an hour and a half if I'm really kind of moving along, right? I'm taking the emotion out of it. For her, culling a boudoir session, which is maybe I would probably say 5% of the images that we come back <laughs> from the wedding, you yeah. might take her half an hour to do that, right? right? So if you look at like the time frame, culling boudoir is significantly slower than culling a wedding, yeah. for instance. And and I do think that that probably is why, you know, she'll go through and she'll kind of hyperanalyze things a little bit more than, than I would, for instance, if I were doing it. That's so interesting. Yeah, yeah, that it's interesting. I, I would I would love to see somebody do an article or a case study on, on this type of thing. I feel if, if it would be so fascinating to to get to in the, into the brains of people um, on this kind of thing. So interesting. I think the yeah. real test would be like timing her calling a wedding versus calling one of her boudoir sessions. Mm -hmm. And then we can kind of see where where those two things, because it could yeah. just be people are slower at calling too. You know? Could, it could, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, let's go now. Let's see, where should we go? Uh, so I've got a fun thing to do. I think I'll ask this question first though, but... Let's go after a session. What is one thing you do after a session that has saved you time? I would definitely say automating this, the reveal process. That's in automating actually all of it, right? Okay. Like that, that's a really important thing because what are the things that have to happen after a session? Obviously the production part of it, but then because our studio works in IPS mostly, there's also like the, the scheduling part of it as well too. Mm -hmm. Right. So we have automated a lot of that process after our session, our system will automatically send the client a text and they'll send them a, an email and it will, it'll, you know, ask them to schedule their reveal session based on our, our studio manager, our salesperson's availability. And if they don't say schedule that session within three or four days, it's sending them reminders before we had automation in, pro in part, that process was all manual. Right. And Whenever you have a manual process in your business, you're introducing the element of human error, which happens a lot. 
And I'll tell you, like, sometimes people just forget, like life goes on, right? Let's just say a wedding, for example, they might go on their honeymoon, they might come back, life might get in the way, they got to go back to work. And all of a sudden, six months goes by and they haven't come in to see their picture. Mm -hmm. Well, you can probably imagine that people who come in six months later after their wedding to see their photos, those sales are probably going to be a little bit lower than people who come in, say, a month after their wedding, right? And we noticed this. It was definitely a trend. And, and we wanted to make sure that we limited that process a little bit. And then also it saves us time and money if you're outsourcing it because you're paying someone to, to do all these follow-ups by automating things. So by dialing in your automation process, really, really important. I'm going to ask you, because I know that people are going to be asking when they listen to this, what IPS and, and if it's one platform, what IPS and automation system are you using? So we utilize PostSelect for, for IPS and, okay. and we use Lightroom because we do a lot of our IPS over Zoom and we notice that PostSelect doesn't work great on a Windows computer over Zoom and my studio manager uses a Windows computer to do slideshows, right? So it does work fine, but whenever you're doing slideshows, they buffer a little bit. Lightroom tends to perform a little bit better. So Ooh, we just use, we use Lightroom for the slideshow and then we go into to PostSelect for the IPS. For automation, we use our own proprietary platform. If you look at uh, Active Campaign, it's very, very similar. Okay. Um, there's also a company in our industry that offers it to photographers. It's called Lead Savage. Yep. So that's another one that a lot of photographers use. Mm -hmm. That's based on the same platform, and it works. It works excellent. So definitely, highly recommend that because there's a lot that it can do. And I will tell anybody who's looking into Lead Savage or even Active Campaign or one of these platforms, there is a very, very big learning curve. Mm -hmm. But once you learn it, it saves you a ton of time. So take the time to do it. And, and I promise your business will yeah. be better for it. From what I understand about Lead Savage, I've, I've been talking to Jeff about it and I, I, eventually I'll get into the back end and check it out. But from what I understand, they've pre-made a bunch of templates and things to get to make it for easier for photographers. So it's not just yeah. the software, it's the software tailored already to, get, to give you that head start, basically. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then there's like, there's like, you know, there's coaching elements to it too mm -hmm. that they're, they're working on. So there, there's a lot of great things in, in utilizing this software, which is tailored for photographers yeah. because that's what the owners are, you know? So I definitely recommend looking into it if you are at a point in your business where you need to start, you know, outsourcing things. There's a lot of softwares that we use, but, but that software has been able to eliminate a lot of the stuff that we were using and yeah. in turn save us a ton of money as well because it, it just does a lot of things together. I think the only thing on the photography side that it doesn't do at this point is like galleries, right? And right, you know, right. <laughs> right. You know, that's something that we can't really ask it to do at yeah. this point. It's asking too much, yeah. So I'm curious, now that now that I know that you're using that, that platform, I'm curious, are you doing emails and text messages or just emails in your automations? Both. I will tell you right now, just in the last year and a half, we noticed that people don't really respond to emails. It's just very, very rare. I mean, when we're trying to reach out to a client, whether it be an initial client or even communicate with clients that are already in our system, text messages by far, yeah. by far, by far significantly uh, better for mm -hmm. reaching them. Um, it just is, is uh, a fact at this yeah. point. People don't really check through them. And I know why. I'm like looking at my email right now. I'm having anxiety because there's 400 emails in my inbox, but there's probably only 20 that I actually have to look at, right? It's just, yeah. and, and that's the problem. Hopefully text yeah. messaging never gets to that point. Yeah. Text messaging yeah. never gets to that point. Yeah, but, I just, uh, so for everybody listening, if you didn't catch that, the platform that, that Michael is using and, and also Lead Savage um, and others like it, it can mix in emails and text messaging within an automated automation workflow. You can have it do both at different times, the same time, whatever you want. And it, it's just, 
some cool stuff. Yeah, um, and Facebook Messenger and WhatsApp, <laughs> What's that, whatever yeah. your choice. If you're, not, if you're not in the US, you probably use WhatsApp. It, right. it does do WhatsApp messaging yeah. as well too now. So that's, that's another uh, really, really powerful um, uh, tool. I, there's so many more things you can do. We could do a podcast just all together oh, yeah. on that, but you know, I'll do that for another day. Yeah, yeah. All right, now for my favorite part of the episode. Pick a color. <laughs> I can't see the colors. Okay, let's go with green. Green. Everybody chooses orange, so I'm great. I'm glad you chose green. Okay, I'm gonna shuffle through this deck, and you just tell me when to stop. I'm gonna thumb through it. Okay. Stop. Okay. My next question to you is: uh, You're married, so the answer is yes. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna ask you this anyway, and just don't let Jen look at this or listen to okay. this. Okay. <laughs> It could be pre-gen, I guess. Have you ever had a roommate? And if so, what did you hate about it? Oh, my goodness. You know, it's funny. I was just talking about this with some friends, but uh, I've actually never had a roommate. Really? So it's very hard for me to answer. Okay. Yeah, I think Jen was my, my only roommate. We've been together forever, right? So, you know, I live with her, but I never had a, another roommate. <laughs> never lived with anyone. I won't ask the second part of the question because she will probably listen to it. Okay, what's the second part? I'm curious. <laughs> what do you hate about it? Hypothetical, huh? If I if I had a roommate, I'd probably hate everything about it. I'm just being honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh this is, I I I love these decks, by the way, because these the questions are just like some of them are really funny. Okay. <laughs> All right. So now, now we had a, a, a fun little laugh. Um now I want you to look at your business from a thirty thousand foot view down. Okay. Okay. Can you share an outline breakdown? of your workflow from lead to delivery? Whew, man, that is a long workflow, but I could, yeah. So the lead comes in, and again, business is all about automation, right? So we put them into automatically, automatically, we put them into a automation platform. Now automation platform, and let's just call this a wedding lead, for instance, right? It's gonna start sending them emails, it's gonna start sending them text messages, trying to get them to schedule a consultation with us. It also sends them their pr our pricing. We started doing that this year just because you know it helps manage the volume a little bit better. And the consultation, we changed it recently from a in-person consultation to a Zoom consultation, and now we just do a phone consultation just to keep things a little bit simpler for the client. Once we get that phone consultation, we'll send them a booking proposal. Hopefully they sign the booking proposal if they wanna work with us. Then they go into a different automation, right? And that automation now is for, for booked leads. Try to get them to book an engagement session. Obviously, you know, we're doing IPS, so we want them to, to schedule that engagement session. And then we're gonna send them a bunch of emails preparing them for that shoot and also the wedding. Get to the wedding, again, another automation now in order to get them to schedule their reveal session. After they do their reveal session, gallery goes up and, and they go and they pick their wedding photos. My wife does, sends out the album to be designed. Once the design is done, it goes to it goes to hurt you to order the book. Once the album is ordered, we go ahead and deliver that album. Now, at that point, you might think the process is done, the client is delivered, right? But what is the you know the best client that you could possibly get? It's a it's a previous client, right? Yeah. It, it's going to be the least expensive to acquire, and they're going to be the clients you are generally going to invest the most with you, right? So now those clients are going to go into another automation in order to or a set of automation, should I say? which we call internally marketing roulette, right? Which allows us to send them ongoing promotions throughout the year in order to get them to, to sign up for portrait shoots and things like that with us. So there, there's a, a lot that goes into it. Again, this is 
a system we've been building over 12 years. Obviously, in the last couple of years, it's gotten a lot more um, simple because of automation software. Uh, but we want to make the most out of every client we get. Weddings are kind of the beginning of the life cycle, right? And now that we're doing a lot of portraits, we want to bring them back in for portrait shoots. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, that it, it I love that your 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 entire workflow is heavily on outsourcing where it needs to be outsourcing, automating where it needs to be automating, and you know, using modern technologies, but at the same time. You're still having these personal touches with the IPS and you're still, you know, doing what you need to do as, as the, as the, the name on the photography business. Right. And, and even with your, with your associates doing their thing and with your wife doing her thing and, and everything, everything's, everything is streamlined so perfectly and still being optimized. Right. So, you know, it's, it's one of those things we live in California, having employees here, people, it's it's going to be expensive, right? Mm -hmm. It's just an expensive state to live in and operate a business. But um, we've learned over time, like automation helps us to cut down on the amount of people that we need involved in the business. And it also makes the client's experience a little bit better. Mm -hmm. It's going to be more consistent, you know? So we're down, I mean, at the most, you know, we've ever had was like three full-time employees at one time, right? And now we only have one. And then we have a bunch of subcontractors who have been with us for a really long time, who help us on the shooting side. And a bunch of services we outsource to. But I feel like for us, it's the way to keep the business profitable and also efficient at the same time and also give the client a good experience. So yeah. you know, it's one of the things that I think every business owner in this industry should look looking to doing. Yeah. And I think I think location definitely um, helps direct what direction you need to go with that, whether it's more full time or whether it is more contractors and things like that. Um, and like you say, like where you live is very expensive. And so, and you figured out exactly what, what needed to be done to make your business still efficient and profitable at the same time. Um, so Correct. yeah, it's fantastic. Um, okay. You're using AI in your business, uh, obviously. Um, <laughs> what, what does the future of AI in photography look like to you? Cool, man. It's a question we've all been thinking about a lot, right? Yeah. Listen, I don't think, and what, what a lot of photographers worry about when this question comes up mm -hmm. is like, is AI going to replace my job? Right. And it depends on what your job is to an extent, but I think like wedding family photographers, especially wedding photographers, I think you're safe, right? I think people are going to need to have their weddings photographed. There's no AI that's going to go in. I mean, I'm sure you could go in mid journey and like, you know, it can create an AI wedding photo, but who wants that? I, I don't think that that's going to be a big thing. And if you're looking at trends in our industry right now, as far as like style goes, it's getting from like elaborate and complex, you know, a lot of the stuff we've been doing digital artwork and stuff to more like simple and imperfect work, right? That's why you see like blurred, blurred photos becoming trendy and on camera flash becoming trendy again, which is crazy, but to us, but to those, to, you know, to the industry and <laughs> yeah. that, that's where it's coming from. Yep. So I don't think that people are going to want an AI generated wedding or an AI generated family shoot. There's some questions about like things like a family port, uh, sorry, not family portraits, headshots, professional headshots. Yep. But even, you know, if you're, if you're an actor, right, you're going to need professional headshots. They're not going to want AI generated right. headshots for you. So maybe, maybe business portraits might be something affected in the future, depending on how good AI gets, but not something we worry about today. Yeah. On the production side or on the back end and the business side, AI is just going to make our jobs a lot easier. You know, there's, we've seen it already. Mm -hmm. in, in the last 
two years, right? How many, how many advances have we seen in this field from marketing to production, yeah. you know, everything has gotten a little bit easier for us. And even, even the actual shooting itself, the AI and AI, I don't know if they're AI or not, but they call them AI algorithms that go into the autofocus in our cameras right. have gotten, have gotten yeah. really good. So I, I feel like AI is an opportunity for us. It's not really a detriment, at least not at this point. I don't feel like it is. I think it's making things easier for us on the business side. And I still think that you have to be a professional business in order to take advantage of some of these tools for the most part. Yeah. So, you know, it's not something I'll worry about. I definitely think if you're not using it, you probably would be worried about it. So get into using it and use it to, to deliver better service and better products to your clients. And things will be good. You know, I mean, we've already found ways to leverage it in our business in order to make more money. And, and I think any studio can do that. We've talked about how we offer utilizing AI retouching. We offer that as a product in order to, to develop these, these services for our clients really quickly. Things like a same day slideshow, right? Tools like Imagine, right? These are things that you're able to do um, much faster than you were able to do on your own, sitting there at dinner, trying to stuff your face <laughs> while you're doing a, an edit. Yep. It's just not, not a reality, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, have you heard what HoneyBook has been doing with with AI in their CRM? Uh, no, I've not heard. So I think it's only a matter of time before like the platform that you're using and 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 other f uh, photography CRM start doing this too. But HoneyBook has built AI that is actually analyzing the lead and the conversation that happens with the lead, um, and basically applying data points saying like the this is it's x percent for this person to convert into a client and like that's excellent and based on this conversation we anticipate it'll be like five more days before they book <laughs> that's pretty cool yeah yeah i haven't seen that i've seen conversational ai like we yeah. have that in our platform where right. it can talk to the client to try to book an appointment it's still very limited but um, it won't be soon, you know, yeah. that's going to be something great. That is excellent. Having AI analytics and data, because I would definitely like to know if it's worth sending that email to a client, right. you know, that's going to take me an hour to draft. You yeah. Know what I mean? So, yeah. You, so definitely I see, I see these things really helping us as business owners more than hurting, if that makes sense. Yeah. hundred percent. I think there's gonna be a lot of cool business things like as, as more very smart software engineers, like the ones at HoneyBook, the ones that imagine and so on, start thinking of these different ways to figure out, you know, how can we help photographers using AI that's not just, you know, a, another mid-journey where it's like, where it's more analytical, more statistical, more actionable. I think that's where it's going to really make a nice impact thinking outside yeah. the box. I mean, I'm loving it, by the way. I think most photographers are pretty tech savvy. And I think, you know, if you are tech savvy, this is something that is exciting you at some, at some level, you know, it's just really cool seeing all of these things. I mean, yeah. yeah. Every time, the first time I tried to imagine, I was blown away. I was like, there's no way this is going to work. And, and I forgot who it was at the, at the team that had originally reached out to us. But in the very beginning, I was like, this is just like, whatever, you know, it's not, it's not real. And then I tried it and I was like, this is real. And the practical application for it yeah. is so significant that it will literally save our business tens of thousands of dollars yeah. a year. Well, so let's, let's get into that. Cause my next question is how did imagine impact your life? Well, I, I kind of already gave it away. I mean, here's the thing: we were spending fifty to sixty thousand dollars a year on um, on editing. Actually, even more than that. I think the most we've ever spent on editing in a single year was over eighty thousand dollars. Right. So the majority of that is like color correction, obviously uh, the selection process, those things that, that go into it. Um, and I can sit here and say the obvious. 
you know, I imagine has saved me a ton of money on that, in that regard. And I think a lot of photographers who have outsourced their work, we have realized that, but here's where I really, really like Imagine. When we were outsourcing our work before, we would have to send it to an editor and it would take, you know, four or five days to get back. And as a business owner, let's just say we have 10 weddings in a weekend, right? You know, waiting four to five days for those jobs to come back requires an additional day in order for me to just check everything back in, get everything going and, and process it all out, if that makes sense. Or we had to pay somebody to do that. But with Imagine, the cool thing is, is that the images are back in an hour. Right. And I'm not saying you should deliver them to your client in an hour because obviously they're going to assume you didn't work on them for very long. But having that additional time, let's just say I come back from a wedding on a Saturday night and I have portraits on a Sunday. Well, Monday I can go in the morning and I can process and finish this entire wedding out. It's just done. It's fresh on my mind. It's finished. And, and I don't have to worry about waiting four or five days for it to come back while all the other things that are happening in that four or five day period are adding to my workload. So the ability to really cut down on that time that we're doing that production has been significant in the organization in our business and the efficiency of it. So that's pretty much how it's changed, you know, what we do and the processes in our business. And the cost savings are an obvious thing, you know, that it's been a significant savings, you know, for what we do. And I found Imagine to have such a great algorithm. Like I really don't, I don't touch the edits that, that we have coming back from Imagine. It's very rare that I do. The ability to try new editing styles using the light presets significantly affected our ability to, you know, adjust our style. Mm -hmm. Really, really cool thing. So, you know, the software in general has been a game changer. I think a lot of photographers have, have come to that realization and, you know, that's why very few people have anything bad to say about it. That's awesome. Um, for those listening who don't know, Michael Anthony has a talent AI profile with Imagine. Uh, it's called California Dreaming, right? Yes. Yep. And it is built into the app. Anybody can use it at any time. Just you open up the app, you go to AI profiles, click on the talent tab, and then you'll see Michael Anthony's profile there. And again, you can just give it a try, use it and see if it fits into your photo style as well. And you can even use profile adjustments to do minor tweaks and make it your own. So, which is that cool. <laughs> Another great feature. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so many more coming. So with that, where can listeners learn more about you, connect with you, and of course, see your incredible photography? Thank you. So you can connect with me on Instagram at Michael Anthony Photography. I also have a group for photographers on Facebook, facebook.com slash groups slash elevate your photography. And then we offer in-person workshops and we are working on a wedding photography video course that is almost finished with production. I'm really happy to, to get that launched pretty soon. So head over to our Facebook group, go ahead and request to be added. We will review your profile and, and add you to the group and uh, I'd love to connect with you there. Awesome. Uh, thank you so much for joining me, for having this awesome chat, sharing all of your, your, your tips and for helping me to wrap up season two. That is, that's fun. <laughs> that's, that's exciting. It happened quick, didn't it? It did. It did. It, uh, you know, and, and now I have to start thinking about you know, starting to schedule everything for season three. So, oh, it doesn't, it doesn't end, even though I'm ending it, you know, ending season two, it's not, it's not done. <laughs> so That's exciting. I can't wait to see what you have in store for season three. Yeah. Yeah. Um, some, some big, some big plans, some big plans. So it's going to be cool. Um, thank you again. And we'll talk soon. Thank you. Thank you so much, Michael, for hopping in and having that incredible conversation with me. I know there was tons of takeaways for all the listeners, some really good stuff in this conversation. So again, thank you. And thank you for helping me to wrap up another season 
of Workflows. You have been listening to Workflows, presented by Imagine. To hear more from Workflows, to find links to our guests, and for an exclusive offer for Workflows listeners, please go to imagineai.com slash podcast and be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for tuning in. Until next time.